Till Death Do Us Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping for you Married at First Sight, Season 16, Episode 16. Unbearable Truth. And we are nine days away from Decision Day. Nine days away. We are heading to Couples Retreat, or we really get the first half of Couples Retreat today. Yeah, a real drawn out Couples Retreat. Yeah. A multiple night event. Yeah. So before we jump in, a few things. We woke up to a very generous contribution to the pod today by Marsha. So we just want to shout you out, Marsha. That was like the best thing. Tim hasn't been feeling very good. And we've been a little bit behind with getting this out there. And waking up to that was like, wonderful. Uh, we have got to do this for Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. And I want to go out on a limb and say that me saying I would sing the 90th review has been received as a threat because we have have had a stall. So scrap that. Act like you never heard that. People are like, please don't. Please don't. (laughs) Oh, it's been making me chuckle. But uh, we do need to get keep those reviews steadily increasing because it is so important to uh, listeners even being able to find us, even like for us being searchable. And it is a saturated landscape out there, people. So please don't forget that writing a written review in Apple Podcasts in particular, but at the least like doing a review in whatever platform you use, it really does go a long way for us. So uh, please do that if you haven't already. It takes like 10 to 15 seconds and we will be forever grateful. And we'll come up with a new shout out system Um, in the future that doesn't frighten all. (laughs) Okay, so before we get into Married at First Sight, we felt like it needs to be addressed. Some of you may be super aware. Some of you might not be aware at all. And so it feels like just something worthy bringing up. So as a lot of us know, the production company that produces Married at First Sight also produces Netflix's Love is Blind, as well as The Ultimatum, but The Ultimatum is so not as good as Love is Blind. And, you know, there was the huge Netflix live reunion snafu last weekend. Ruined our Friday. It was a Sunday. Ruined our Sunday. (laughs) Truly ruined many a Sunday for many a person I know anecdotally and from the internet. Like, people were pissed senators were tweeting. It was like a serious thing. So you had the fail of the live event. Then it actually posts, which of course is like terrible. Like they were set up to be analyzed even further because at that point it's like, well, what have we all been waiting for? Wasn't that great. The Lachey's suck at hosting. Vanessa, I think got really drunk and just was like coming for the wrong contestants. And it was just kind of a shit show. And in light of that, and obviously the internet buzzing and buzzing and buzzing over the course of like 48 hours about all of the failings of this Love is Blind end, emerges some contestants from past seasons of Love is Blind who are basically like 
breaking their NDAs and speaking out about this production company as a whole, Kinetic, and saying that like the treatment and the manipulation, it was like emotional torture and they had like food and water withheld regularly and just some disturbing things around mental health and like ways that they took advantage in post-production of like a girl's full-on panic attack meltdown and like used it dishonestly in an edit. Just some disturbing stuff, but it's also hard because at the same time, these people did, you know, you sign lengthy contracts and we can all have feelings about what's in those contracts because we've talked about them a bit here. They're very similar to Married at First Sight. You know, there's that $50,000 fine if you decide to break it all off and not be filmed. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, we've talked about with maths might be an explanation for why some couples just seem to like drag it to the last second and it's really frustrating. McKinley's mom was definitely like, here's that 50,000. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So it's just, it's not a good look for Kinetic. And it's, I know like producers and people that work in the unscripted world are sort of like keeping eyes and ears open of like what comes next and and who who says what next. Because there are a lot of protocols that are supposed to be in place for mental health and for taking care of each cast member. And it does feel like from what some of these people have said about Love is Blind, like there really have been some corners that were being cut. Yeah. Uh, And it does, I mean, MAFS seems to be a more weld-oiled machine in that it's been around for way longer. And it has... Just the order of the show, like they get like almost double the episodes that Love is Blind is Yeah, to include a lot more, you know, much to the audience disgruntlement half the time when we lament that they're they're milking it too much. But in a way, you could argue there's more room for more honest display of what's going down. But yeah, I will say there was a girl from season from MAFS. I screenshotted it. She's the one. Do you remember when we found out there was that blonde girl and the guy? So I think it was like season seven. Okay. She walked down the aisle and like he recognized her immediately. And then the guy, we ended up finding out at the end of the season that they had been sleeping together the entire time and he had forced her to secrecy. And he also wasn't even attracted to her. Yeah, yeah. You know, I that sounds familiar. She posted something that was like, I'm so glad that people are speaking out. The thing is, she was one of the people that got in one. Like, we always acknowledge there's at least one or two people, usually more often than not women than men. Not saying it hasn't happened the other way, though. But where it's so obvious from the beginning how screwed that person has been in this with this match. Yeah. And you feel for them and have to imagine that a lot of the process is inherently torturous because of this. But something that, you know, people were saying with Love is Blind is that the producers like 
pressure you very hard, even if you're feeling, even if you are feeling suicidal, to stay. Yeah. Which that's super fucking disturbing. Yes. And it's like tempering the fact that like we all probably as viewers buy in a little more than we should because this is television that's being made. And then the other side of it of like, well, where do ethics come in? And this girl from math said, I'm so glad people are speaking out about this. My season was complete mental and emotional warfare and torture. And I had severe PTSD for years after my experience. Wow. And had to seek like help and da, 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 da. I don't know. And then, and then Lindy has been very open about like, how much like I think I'm missing half of it but someone was even bringing up the other day shout out Heather Heather Joy that Lindy has been saying a lot of things on her story just about like I think still broad enough but like how the experience itself was traumatizing Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know what we're supposed to do with this information but I feel like it's like we have to talk about it yeah I mean it's hard most of the time I fall into the category of I don't really want to know how the sausage gets made. Mm -hmm. I just want to enjoy. But uh, these things are concerning. And I would hope that in the year 2023, we are able to find some balance between creating interesting entertainment balanced out with people's mental health and being able to withstand what it takes to be on a reality show Mm -hmm. a lot of people say you know what you signed up for yada 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 yeah but still if we're creating these traumatizing events yeah it's not okay and you get how like you can think you know what you're signing up for yeah but you don't fully i mean i would never sign up for it so there's that yeah (laughs) Uh, but if you are a merit first sight contestant or former contestant and would like to let us know what your experience was. Yeah. I would love to personally hear from, because here is one big difference. So something that really uh, seemed to be being harped on in the articles that keep coming out about this is that so many reality shows, it is part of the protocol to have a mental health professional accessible to the castmates at all times. And... The funny part is that you could, that I just thought about right now is like, it's actually at least, of course we argue it's not enough, nearly enough, but it's at least built into the Married at First Sight format to have versions of mental health professionals. Of course, no one that I think, like, side reminder, Pastor Cal is just a pastor. Um, Dr. Pepper is just a sociologist. Like these are, Devon is a past TV star, like what? Life coach, yeah. motivational. So I would love to get a real licensed therapist back on the freaking show. But bottom line, you could argue experts are at least built into the Married at First Sight format, whereas Love is Blind, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. And I will say you can feel a lot of similarities between the two shows. And there's things that Love is Blind actually does a lot better and like, just in terms of entertainment value, but it is always the part that feels the scariest is when they all move in together. And as a maths fan, 
you you're like, oh shit, and now they're alone on their own for the next however many weeks. Yeah. They have to do this all by themselves. Like they don't have a single therapist come. That is always felt, in my opinion. Yeah. And they suffer because of that. Uh so I don't know, but I would be so fascinated to hear from anyone who's been on the show in the last few years, even if like in reading those articles, they resonate with you or if you go, oh, wow, that's something totally different. Because there's also a chance that it's like Netflix just wanted to cut corners and not give them as much money. And so they did what they could with what they had. Yes. I don't know. And we will keep you anonymous if you so wish. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I don't know. Stay tuned because it's it's not the most common thing for a production company to be in the spotlight this way. Yeah. And I think they're probably sharding their pants. They've put out a statement that basically refutes a lot of this. And so it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds in the coming weeks. Like, are there a hundred billion more stories where that came from? Or is it for disgruntled past cast members? You know, like, it's hard to say at this point. I agree. So today, you know, obviously we have our normal kind of format with this pod of going couple to couple and retreats are fun and also kind of tricky because they are messy because we don't go. It's like harder to go couple to couple because there's so much group stuff. So we're going to do our best to just like go chronologically through the retreat. Something that really stood out to me, I will say, is that usually by this point, you have at least one to two couples that are in like a super tense place. Like it, and it, it hit me immediately when we were seeing each couple on their drive, because usually on this drive, there's at least a couple, if not two, who are like actively kind of going at it. Like where like going to this retreat is pressing them in a big way because they are not in a good place. And I just imagined like a bunch of couples like flashing before my eyes, like angry on this drive. And this was so, one could argue pleasantly surprising. One could argue boring. Like it just, there was no tense, like the tensest of these drives was Nicole and Chris. And that's because they were talking through like an actual real life logistical issue. Yeah. That like isn't even some make or break thing for their relationship. It's just an understandably shitty thing to have to figure out, which is that they're having like a big, they're having a hard time figuring out their next move because they have three giant dogs. And so they're like, are they going to live separately for a while until they find the perfect place, which you can tell Nicole hates. And I think doesn't like how unbothered and unworried Chris is by that. But also I respect how he's like, babe, it's not going to get sorted this weekend. Let's have fun. And then let's deal with this on Monday. Like I'm not, you know, Yeah. but she's definitely like, she's all wound up about it. I mean, we are nine days to decision day at this point. So considering they're the only couple that has like crystal clear clarity that they will be together beyond this, it makes sense to me that she's, her head is, is there. Yeah. The, the uh, we'll figure it out approach, mm-hmm. like, it's just hard for a partner sometimes, for the other partner. Yeah, it can feel annoying and dismissive. 
But it's like, you know, Chris is coming from a good place. So it's just like, oh, they're going to figure that out. You know, yeah. it's not like, I don't know. I mean, well, it's interesting because they had this conversation like very, very, very early on. And if I remember right. correctly, we were like, there's time, there's time. And now I'm like, oh, but maybe we should have talked about it at some point before yeah. the nine days are up. I mean, yeah. they probably have been, but I understand. I understand where both of them are coming from. Yeah. Uh, we have Eris and Jasmine doing an intimacy deck that is, in my opinion, too intimate for them. A little too intense. A little too intense for them in the light of day uh, with no alcohol in hand. It's just like hearing him ask her, what's the wisest thing I've taught you? Like early in the morning, I'm just like, no, yeah. we don't. <laughs> you in particular, no one wants to answer that, Eris. Uh, I enjoyed the what's the first 30 minutes of your day look like. Mm-hmm. And it was pooping and meditation. <laughs> Yeah. Can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) So they get to this dreamy house. Yeah. Multiple story. Like. Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, my God. Double decks. And everyone's very prepared for bears. I was like impressed by that. Like I would not have been so sure. And they were clearly correct to be ready for them because there was so many. A lot of bears. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Really cute and kind of scary. Uh, the thing that stands out, I feel like the most here when they get there is that Clint and Gina will be sharing a room in a bed for the first time since Jamaica. I know. And I gotta just say the, the friendliness between them mm-hmm. has gotten to like a cloying annoyance with me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm just tired of watching it. Yeah. Like, I'm tired of, you know, Clint, you know, she'll be coming around the mountain when she comes, sing-alongs, and look at this. It's just their whole attitude and friendliness. I'm just tired of. Everything is still jokey. Like, yeah. Uh, yeehaw. Like, it's I just come on. Which, like, when you know it's not going anywhere, it's like, come yeah. on, you people. <laughs> what are you? You want them to at least be, like, in the throes of, like, a drama. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, it's interesting. It's, like, if there was even, like, fighting or distress, it would almost feel like they cared more. It's it's so hard, though. I don't, I have to say, I don't know that I've ever seen a couple on MAFs function exactly like them. Me neither. No, there hasn't been. Because it seems like such a genuine mutual just very lovely platonic friendship yeah. but so only that with I like know. no hope of anything we've else never you're right we've never i don't think we've ever seen this on the show yeah before. where they're both it's like they both are continually bringing up that they agree and <laughs> yeah but we it's great we're just in the friend zone, you know, but we're but we're both in it. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, it's strange. Uh, but I will say it was interesting in After Party. Gina came on After Party, which I feel like she's been on there maybe the least. And she did say that the, his big personality and his, like, showmanship in with the group. Mm-hmm. As much as she knows everybody else has a great time with it, 
it's annoying. Yeah. It gets annoying. It's grating. And she feels like when he's in that zone, he couldn't give a fuck less where she is, if she likes it. Does she think it's funny? Is she enjoying it? It's, you know, it's, he's in his showmanship mode. So, yeah. But why is he trying to impress her at this point? No one's trying to impress each other at all. Right. Like, well, and maybe that's part of the whole thing yeah. is that he's not. And that almost like underlines the friend zone of it all for her. Of like, you're not like flirting with me or trying to woo me or, you know, you're just trying to win the group. Ugh, it's just disappointing because they are cool. And you're like, if you can be this good of friends, really? You can't find it anywhere in your loins? Well, these two are so averted to anything unorganic. Yes, you're right. That's the you're problem. You're right. They cannot. They're too self-conscious to go past. Sake, yes. For the sake of holding hands. Yeah. They can't kiss for the sake of kissing, and like so. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame Clint for trying to be the star of the show. Yeah. True. So we jump right into like their, it seems like everyone's been assigned like different nights or like different things. Okay. Uh, so I think like this first evening is Jasmine and Eris are kind of in charge and they're doing the King's pageant, which yes. is really funny. Also, we need to talk about what happened on why Nicole and Chris got there so late after everyone else yeah Nicole was not in a good mood yeah. at all and yeah it was just funny to see her immediately say no thanks to the shot and yeah. it was like Whoo. she was in such a mood which i just really relate like when you just can't be on that level you know everyone wants you to be on and yeah. you're supposed to be on and yeah. you're just like sorry i'm hangry and irritated everyone get out of my way yeah. <laughs> uh, so we do this silly boys beauty pageant, which they all get very into. Um, er and they all do like have a different move. Like Eris does his like take a selfie with me so I can airdrop it to you so you never forget this moment. Chris wears a wig. Clint comes shirtless in a man bun. Clint looks the best he's ever looked. Yeah, definitely. I'm not gonna lie. He looks much younger. He, he looks the best it, he's ever that looked. That proved to me that like something needs to be done with this whole hair situation. Yeah. Uh the uh, and Kirsten was loving it. I yeah. think Kirsten was having a moment for Clint with that. <laughs> she just kept going, "Wow, I like it. I I like it." I was like, "Kirsten, but that actually is why I was also shocked with where we landed placement wise. But I think that everything placement wise, I mean, first off, it's a hilarious joke where we end up with this I competition. Make it make sense. But you know why it makes sense is because everyone gave lame ass answers and the girls made most of this about the answers. And when they get asked, like if you were, uh, relationship therapist, yeah. what would be something... Piece of, the, the best piece, piece of, of advice. advice you could give. I will say, and I'm not saying these things are like inherently wrong, but they were kind of weak. Every guy basically gave an iteration of, well, what I would say is you have to make yourself happy first and you have to put yourself first and then like eventually they'll, then you'll be so happy and then they'll be so happy. And 
but it, it just kind of like trite and also like if that's all you're gonna say is that really it and some of the responses felt like oh we're saying the advice that you wish you would have taken yourself potentially but then Eris comes around yeah, and actually says his, yeah. gives the one piece of advice that's actually like makes all the girls go oh we like that he says, find out what turns your partner on and how to love her properly and the way she wants to be loved, which is A, the best answer. B, an answer from the Upside Down universe because Eris has not applied this in the last seven weeks. So I'm really confused that of all people's mouths, it's coming out of his. But I was just like, really, Eris? Like, the layers to this. Like, of all people, like, A, this is the best answer anyone's given what the fuck? How did it come out of Eris's mouth? And where did he even get it? Because, like, he hasn't been doing this. But it was the best answer. And then there was the ridiculous, if you were president, what would be your plan to fix the divorce rate? Which I would be deeply disturbed if anyone on government in our government was trying to have any part of that anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, Eris's brilliant idea is don't let anyone get married till 30. Clint would have a penalty, a financial penalty, and then give everyone free counseling or money for dates. These things were just funny and silly. But in the end, I was like, how are they not going to all feel pressure to pick their own husband? But they had, I think, a detailed enough, like, a uh, scoring system because yeah. Jasmine's, like, very well-versed in this kind of thing. So it looked like they were filling out, like, many different numbers on different pages for different things. It, quite, it seemed like it was quite an extensive It was extensive. Rubric. And Eris wins, and it's, like, it's just absurd and hilarious. He won because Jasmine lotioned his legs before. <laughs> That's why. I was dead at that. Like, somehow. Jasmine served as Eris's glam squad. Eris is getting slathered with lotion. Like, how does he always end up getting served? But seriously, I, I do feel like it needs to be said. All jokes aside, because Eris has said and done enough where I'm sorry, but he deserves to, like, have us making digs at him for the rest of the season. It's just what he, the bed he made for himself. And I do think that uh, piggybacking off of what we were saying last week, I think there might be real live undeniable growth happening in this man. I do too. I agree. Like 100%. I think it might be actually real because it's not even, it's not even like isolated. Like, okay. Next morning, right, there's that whole thing that happens where apparently him and Jasmine had agreed. She had said, I want to meditate with you in the morning. She gets up, finds out he already meditated without her. She was butthurt by that. She was like, "I," which I totally understand. Like, she was, like, getting yeah. her hopes up for this thing. But what she did instead was express the irritation. She expressed it. And we love this for Jasmine. We love this for her. It's not about looking like a pretty, pretty princess all the time. Like, it goes a long way to verbalize your frustration or your thing in the moment. You actually help everyone. And Eris received that so well. 
And he understood. I mean, he was an idiot for forgetting that because the stakes are really high right now. And she's, of course, like analyzing the little promises you make because of that. Like, that's where we are as a couple at this point Mm -hmm. right now. But I felt like he really took that in stride. And he was like, oh, you can't get enough meditating. So let's do it together. I'll do it again. I was blown away. I didn't expect that he was giving a guided meditation. He was the guide. Yeah. Uh, threw me for a little bit. Really threw me. <laughs> like this whole side, I think what, that's a side of him we still don't really know. One could argue that this is what the experts saw in the um, in the interview process, in the casting process. Mm-hmm. That this potent, that this like growth could happen. Yeah. You know, um, it's just a bummer that it's this late. It's a bummer that, I mean, for both. I mean, uh, honestly, like, it's a bummer that it's taken Jasmine this long to be so upfront and calling things out and not holding on to them. Because, like, yeah, this whole situation. I mean, I would I put more of it on him in the beginning, but you're seeing what's happening when she is actually, like, putting herself out there. He's able to respond to that. Exactly. And he, I think, likes it because he feels like I'm actually engaging with someone who's giving me, like, helping me know how to know them and be better to them, Yeah, you know? And, yeah, so I appreciated how he did that. And then everybody goes and does their little day dates that day. They go do, like, the trampoline zone, rock climb activity, blah, blah. Something that I was dead about this was like i would say at least half the couples were trying to have like serious dtr conversations to find the relation chops with screaming children in the background in like the worst like least conducive least romantic least private way possible so i was a little bit dead about him being like asking serious relationship questions and you literally hear children going in the background but he's asking her like do you notice that i've been trying harder yeah she says yes i still wish it was more uh we find out he's on his phone a lot and but and then he says like i really like if if i'm on my phone and it's bothering you can you say something he is just, I will say, this is that there, he is being really consistent with this message. He's not backing down from it and he keeps repeating it. And he also keeps repeating it in tandem with something else. So he keeps really encouraging her to speak up in the moment, speak her truth if she doesn't like something. And he always, like nine times out of 10 when he brings this up, he usually brings up also how he knows he hasn't created a safe space for a lot of this relationship, but his new mission is to create that safe space so that she can do this more. And this comes up multiple times. And I just, yeah, as like, I'm so hesitant because we know any people are capable of a lot of things for cameras, but it feels authentic. It feels like something in him has shifted and there's like a level of like, he is seeing her more, more holy, yeah. you know, like, and the level of understanding that he's having for where she's coming from. It's just really nice. And, and, and she also brings up 
that we're basically getting confirmation now more than ever because it came up in After Party and it came up, I think, after the group dinner. This is not the first time she's hearing this about herself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for all the crap we want to give Eris for all of the rightful things, this is something that Jasmine's been struggling with in relationships past. Like being honest from the get-go, not bottling it all, and holding it against them for a day or many days, you know, just walking around with coldness and not being honest. This isn't the first time. So I think that that is important, again, in like when you're trying to figure out like who holds what responsibility, it's like she is responsible for that portion. Yeah. Yeah. Which of the dates would you want to go on the most? Um, I mean, I thought that the toboggan thing that Clinton Gina did seems really fun. I've always wanted to go to like a, a mountain during mm-hmm. the summer where they have those. Yeah. Like, cause that looks like a lot of fun. That thing looked rad. Yeah. Followed up with some moonshine. Yeah. It's yeah. a big moonshine group. I guess we're in, yes, we're in I, it is Tennessee. Tennessee. And then Nicole and Chris, all we got was a scavenger hunt that was not a scavenger hunt of sweet affirmations on papers. But we have no idea what they did that day. Maybe they're getting a date next week. Yeah, maybe. And then Kirsten and Shaq did that uh, like indoor sledding thing, which also looks fun. For like two times. Right. Then I'm good. Right. And they're another one who were having a serious conversation with screaming people in the background. And it's like about decision day. And I was just like, oh, my God, there's nothing about this that's conducive to this conversation. And she basically says, like, she doesn't know. She feels like she really just doesn't know. She's on the fence. She feels like they have lots of communication issues. She's feeling defeated a lot of the time and wondering if it's worth building on, which then Shaq responds to of like, he feels like they're growing a lot, but hearing her say this is very disappointing to him. It it just feels like they have this back and forth pendulum. I don't know, like even, and now he's defeated because she said this, and now he's going to be mopey for yeah. however many, the next however many they're hours. In that, they're in that. You're that right. Cycle. It's exactly what it is. The cycle of back and forth. Yeah. With little little grievances, back and forth. One person feels Letting okay. it define how the yeah. next person behaves for the next six hours. Exactly. Because, well, you made me sad because blah. And it's like they can never really get out of that and zoom out. Like I even... I understand why Shaq finds that disappointing because Kirsten Kirsten is hard to get a freaking read on. But the truth is they kind of both are at this point. Like, yeah. I feel desperately confused with this couple. I do feel like, though, with the intensity of the emotion, I do feel like they really care about each other. And I feel like the sex, if any, like, has increased that care and also the drama of it all. Yeah. You know, like... It's making everything way more loaded than it needs to be sometimes. Uh, So I just, I don't know. You know how it is. It's like they can be having the literal best time. And then the next second you're like, so Kirsten, how are things going? Well, I just. uh." Exactly. I mean, they were like totally feeling each other at the guys at the pageant. 
Yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh, cute, you're snoring and it's funny. Yeah. And then it's like, we're having fun. And then we have a conversation and it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to ask to meet her family anymore. Like that comes up a little bit mm-hmm. later. You know, it's just like, what's going on I know, here? they're freaking confusing. Oh, I guess last, I forgot to say, Clint did seem very butthurt by his place in the pageant. Oh, I would have been too, honestly. <laughs> I would have, if I would have gotten fourth out of fourth place. Yeah. Like, I mean- <laughs> Oh, I, I, I think I, it warrants it warrants. He didn't deserve last place. No, he really think. didn't. I, I don't think he deserved last place at all. He didn't. And I do feel like when they got back to the room and he was like expressing that and he was still in his full get up and he had this. um, He had the look on his face and I can't think of any other way to say it, but like the guy equivalent of like doe eyes looking for attention I really believe he was in that room like, are you really going to see me with this man bun and this this no shirt situation and you're not going to tell me how hot I am right now and yeah. like want to do me like, hello? And it just was no. it's not coming. It's not. I really actually did convince myself for a portion of the next day when they were on their date that they might have done it or done something in the bed the night before. And then by the end, I was like, no. I was looking for jobs. I'm always trying to see, you know, it changes things between people. And I do feel like Clint and Gina, even on their date, felt very like they were having a really good time together. Yeah, it feels natural, but apparently it's not. Yeah, apparently it's natural hang, no boners. So that's a great segue into that evening, the next night. So the girls are all drinking and having girl time while the guys are cooking. And they're getting more into, like, where everyone's coming from. Clint wants to talk about everyone's sex life since he's not having any. Well, and Clint really, really, in classic straight boy form, needs it reiterated at least three times how... Uh, much effort this meal took. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving a soliloquy about the dinner. Literally. The guys and he keeps like out. Everyone's trying to like move forward in the group conversation and he keeps being like, yeah, I mean, this was a big endeavor, big effort, guys. It's quite the undertaking. I just want to thank everyone for supporting me in this undertaking. Like, I'm like, oh my God, Clay. I'm going to do that next time someone thanks me for making a meal. <laughs> I'm just going to go way too far with it. <laughs> so back up a bit. The guys are talking. They're talking about sex. Nicole and Chris had sex the night before. Some of them might have overheard it. This is when it's interesting Clint and Eris basically admit this is when they admit that like their decision day is going to have so much. It's just a completely different decision day than the one that Shaquille and Chris are going to have because they are going to be basing it on the hope for possibility, not necessarily because they're in love and they know this is their person now. And I feel like this theme continues to be like explored more even which I just want to bring this up now because this one this was the thing that made my ears perk up the most in after party so someone there so Gina Gina says in after party if there's even a chance it could be good 
past decision day. She will say yes. And then Jasmine says she thinks everyone in this group should be saying yes and going past decision day because it only gets sweeter than gets sweeter then after the cameras are gone. And I was like, wait, come again? Well, I mean, what are you saying? I'll just Did she just I'll just well I was going to bring this up. Admit? I was going to ask this question a little later when we got more into the dinner. But okay, Gina and Clint, I'm not buying it. That's not like I don't know, like we're not we're not having we well, have no semblance of a relationship. But I'm like by those standards, they they could very likely say yes. But you don't think that they mean it? I just it's so hard. It would be this would be the first the we've never seen anything like this, we said, with this right. type of couple. So it would be the first time that two friends who hadn't kissed or done anything l- resembling a romantic relationship said yes on decision day. Mm-hmm. Jasmine and Eris, my question to you was gonna be, do you actually think that there's any chance here? Well, weirdly now, yeah, because not not to go the distance at all. I'm sorry, but no, not to go the distance. But with this like last ditch effort that's being made and this like new soft version of Eris that we're seeing in these last couple weeks, and we're clearly seeing that Jasmine is hanging on by a thread. You know what I mean? Like she's willing to hold on for even the smallest speck of hope. And so I think if he's game, and and this is almost something that I, I almost hope I'm wrong. Like I would get so much gratification as a viewer to get to see Jasmine be the one on decision day, be the first one to say, no, I deserve more. Um, I will be moving on. Thank you very much. Like that would be really gratifying as a viewer, I think. But I don't know, even seeing, like seeing how she's been on this retreat so far, I'm like, oh, you still like, you're still holding on and you still have some semblance of feelings and hope for this man. Yeah. And he still does, I think, hold a lot of power. And if he was like, I will figure, I will be willing to keep trying, I kind of think she will be too. And I could see it being a thing where then we get to the where are they now? Or we do like a reunion and we find out that like they quote unquote tried for a month, but Eris like never texted her and never came over and never wanted to hang out. And so she was like, screw this in like week three. Yeah. Like I could just, I know that's annoying and very predictive, but can't you kind of see that? Yeah, yeah. It just seems like the momentum is like suddenly building. It is. I know. So like. I guess really anything is possible. So into the group dinner, we get the big, this is like probably our most substantive conversation where Clint is is like, what does everyone need from their significant other on decision day? You have Eris saying he needs Jasmine to be more open and honest. And admits that he did not create that environment for her. Yes. So he really harps on that and then he like takes it further and is like actually I really just want to take a minute to like really commend Jasmine at her patience and her the way that she has been persistent and stuck around and like continued to show up for this when 
she could have, she would have had so many reasons and rights to like run the other direction this entire time. He just like really um, affirms her for this and in depth. Yeah. And you can tell it is so, like it hits her really hard. And she's like tearful and hasn't heard him say this. Something she does say in After Party is that she, she, this was the first moment that she felt seen by him completely. And it, it was amazing to hear. And she was a little bummed that it wasn't in private because mm. he had never said anything remotely close to this in private. And so there was this part of her that felt insecure and felt like, how do I know you're not just saying this for cameras and the group right now? So that's just interesting to think about. It makes sense. Kirsten says, we're trying to get our communication better. She's going to try and work on being more expressive in the moment, but she also needs more grace from him. And then, you know, Shaquille had said in the kitchen earlier, he had brought up, like you said, the he's, he's definitely still very salty about the fact that he has not seen her family since the wedding. And he's like trying not to take it personally, but he's clearly taking it very personally. So I don't know. I mean, he wasn't as talkative at this section. No. Wouldn't you say? No. I think that he's feeling defeated right now. Yeah, he's in After their though. date today. Yeah. He's like, oh, here she goes again. Here I thought we were growing. Here I thought we were having a good time. And then she reminds me in front of cameras of my group of friends that we are indeed not and I shouldn't get too comfortable. Chris and Nicole... In a sort of like awkward explanation, but I understand it. It almost went off the. Ra- oh, you yeah. talking about the when he said I when we. Yes. I, so yeah, they say like, we said we love each other, and then it gets very. He's like on the guardrails here. Yeah, of I'm like this going off rails. He's like you know, I felt like she needed constant validation, and it was honestly stressing me out. And but now that the L word has been said. She feels more secure, and now I realize that's just what she needed to hear. And it's like, I do get that. Um, but yeah, you got nervous as he was starting to describe it. You're like, wait, wait. Like, I hope you're not implying that you felt <laughs> you said pressured that because, into saying exactly. it to just fix this thing. And yet, yeah, bottom line, you just have to, like, have trust and faith that he really felt that. And I think that everyone watching them felt like they both really loved each other since, like, week one. Yeah. And that he just had a lot more feelings about, like, fears around admitting that too soon. But, yeah, you were a little like, ah, what are you going to say, Chris? <laughs> and then Gina just reiterates she feels like they have really been trying but they are just stuck in the friend zone they don't argue there's no big terrible thing that justifies divorce then you have clint come in with the kindling he's like we're throwing kindling we're throwing charcoal we're throwing (laughs) clint has been saying the exact same thing in just different extended metaphors every single time (laughs) You know, we're getting to the crust. We're building a fire. Everything is we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. For Clint. 
But he never actually gets very specific, I will no, say. No, it's all just, we're, we're making a pie. He's a great talker. We're mixing but... ingredients, you know. Uh, <laughs> the oven's being preheated. All yeah. the spices are out on the counter. And it's like, cool, what are you trying to say, Clint? What's, yeah. that, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it. Gina's like, at a certain point, it just starts to feel forced. And you're like, oh. I mean, and as much as we can sit here and be like, what is the problem? Like, you guys are both very cute people who really enjoy each other and actually have a great friendship. Like, can we just do something forced like a, I don't know, everyone has to, like, by everyone, I guess I mean Gina, like some lingerie, something, something, something to just, like, make, like, body painting. Give those feet. Yeah, like literally they should do that exercise. Because there is a feeling that there is so much self-consciousness here around like you said this obsession with organicness that almost like they won't even it's preventing them from, from exploring let, any yes. physical feelings. In the way that plenty of established couples really feel insecurity and self-consciousness to do intentional things like whatever, doing like a sex game or an or an intimacy talking question deck yeah. or, you know, a Sexy lot of dice. couples. Lick, when elbow, things of that nature. <laughs> like when you've been together a long time, even it can be scary to break the norm and do like it can feel, quote unquote, forced because it's something that's out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And yet more couples than not will say after whenever they put themselves out there like that in a way that feels a little hokey and a little pushed, usually there's a benefit on the other side that's like, oh my God, amazing. So that's the part of me that just like sort of longs for them to, yes, they're trying in the sense that they're spending a lot of time together, but I still feel like they're waiting for a sparkle that needs to be like zhuzhed up here. Like we need to like do something to spur it. Yeah, they want fireworks, but they're not willing to light the firework. Right. To get the yeah. chemical reaction, if you will. Great point. Great metaphor way to describe that. The only, but then like you can hear someone being like, dude, if I've been spending seven weeks with someone and like they don't even cause a stir to my loins, loins, like, are you really saying I should be forcing that? And that's, yeah. uh, you know. It's the age-old argument with this show. Yep. Like, how much does attraction matter? And we do go back to just wishing that the experts would take some of the stress out of the equation by maybe being a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, this isn't love is blind. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't supposed to be some challenge to do looks really matter. And what we have learned is that, like, pretty much, Love is not blind. <laughs> it's not. And like from all of these shows, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it the Attraction does matter on some base level. So you just wish they would make this part easy for them because the rest of it is hard enough. Yeah. I know we're preaching to the choir here, but it's got to be said again. So, I mean, I, other than what Gina said in After Party. Yeah. I mean, that will still shock me if they do that. Wouldn't it shock you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even though it would rewrite 
I mean, they, they, they've been, they've married at first sight has been slowly going down this path of if there is a glimmer of hope, let's both say yes. In recent years, mm. I feel like there's been more talk of that than just are you going to do you see this happening long term? But this would be unprecedented. It would be unprecedented for a friendship to people to say yes. I'm still saying it's not going to happen. Slash, it's just asking to be, you could see them saying that for the sake, I mean, how many times have we also talked about this, that decision day feels less and less like the big reveal that matters because a lot of people can say yes for the camera. I mean, hello, remember San Diego? Alexis and Justin literally said yes to camera, proceeded to go off the set and then like get in a fight and divorce right then. Yeah. (laughs) And lest we forget, I hate to bring this up, but unless Gina and Clint have an open marriage in which Clint is allowed to kiss Dominique, then I think it's going to be a no. That's right. God. Lest we forget. I will say like, I am really glad that they didn't feature Mac and Dominique throughout the whole rest oh, of the season. It was a breath of fresh air. But I am like curious where they are. Yeah. Like, well, what's I'm up? sure we'll see. I did see Maf's fan posted uh Dom no, not Dom, Max like Bumble or Tinder dating profile. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's like out and about. Well, doesn't he admit we've seen a preview that he admits that he tried to get into Gina's DMs. Yeah. In the weeks to come. But we don't know the details. No. So, yeah. I mean, for a couple's retreat, again, I would say this is very tame. We had an 80s party. We had an 80s birthday party. We had a black Oh, my God. And Eris left before, which yes. was such lame timing for them. But he's coming back. I think so. I saw him. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So, that was fun. They got very into it. They drank lots of drinks and danced. It's I love like how much Clint loves themed parties. Yeah. It's kind of endearing. Yeah, it is for sure. So next week we have. Part two. Part two. I mean, maybe we'll get some real drama then. Yeah, I hope so. Would you like the power rankings? Yeah. Our contenders are Chris and Nicole. Mm-hmm. Our pretenders are Shaq and Kirsten. And Jasmine and Eris. And mm. our no chance in hell is Gina and Clint. Really? We're pretending over here. Yeah, we're, we are. We are. We're really pretending to make this work. Okay. So we shall see. <laughs> we'll see if by the end of the weekend, there's probably going to be some movement. It's impossible to know. Anything for movement with the rankings. Anything. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Follow us on Instagram. You can see our posts, leave a review, <laughs> buy subscribe, us a coffee, buy like, us a subscribe, coffee, share us with your friends, things of that nature. And we'll talk to you next week for Couples Retreat Part 2. Bye. Bye. Bye.